0: Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly. Throughout the month of December, The Ringer staff will be releasing their year-end reviews covering the best and worst of 2018 in sports, TV, movies, music, and more. This week on the site, you can read Chris Ryan and Alison Herman on the best TV shows of 2018, and Chase Arano and Rob Harvilla on the best albums of the year. You can check it all out on theringer.com.
1: Coming. It's heat check Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined as I am every week by my producer, Isaac Lee. How was your weekend, Isaac?
2: What's good, man? Uh, my weekend was good. I did a lot of work <laughs> Okay. and uh, I watched some Clippers basketball, which was not as fun. As it work, it could have been better.
1: They uh, they ended up losing a close one to the Dallas Mavericks without Luca, your your guy Luca. But good news for you, you still have a job. You're still employed. Yes. I still have a job. I'm still mm-hmm. employed. Without a job, not employed. Fred Hoiberg. Right before we came on, he lost it. Uh, I don't know what the Bulls are doing. I was debating this in my head on my way into the office. Are they trying to lose more, or do they think that they should be better than they were, and that like Jim Boylan is going to fix all this?
2: Who knows, man? I think they're going to tank more. I think they're trying to tank more. I think they're looking at the NCAA. I think they're looking at the Duke guys, Bo, Bo and Romeo Langford and all these guys who, who look good. I think this draft class is going to be really good. And they're like, we need to ensure that we we have one of the top three worst records, which Fred they do right Berg now. was
1: already doing a great job of that. <laughs> yeah. They had 19 losses, which is the most losses along with the Phoenix Suns, by percentage points, only the Cavs and Suns are worse than them. They're already right there. Like, yeah. do, if what you're saying is true, then they must have a very low opinion of Jim Boylan, who, by the way, they made the actual <laughs> head coach, and he's not the interim head coach. So oh, I think really? yeah, I think it's the opposite. I think they look at it and think that they should be better than they were, even though they were without Laurie Market and he just came back. They've been without Chris Dunn. Bobby Portis got hurt. I don't know why they would think that they should be better. I'm Mm. with you that they should just be bad this season and then get another draft pick. But that's what I think this is. I think that they go, yeah, maybe we could win some games. Why? I have no idea. But Godspeed, Fred Hoiberg. Not a very good run for you. 115 and 155 in Chicago. He was doing fine losing games.
2: Yeah, he was doing fine for sure. It's just inexplicable, I guess, then. I mean, you make a good point. He's done a good job of losing. I don't know if it's a thing where... They feel like they're going to be better over the course of the next few years and therefore need a better coach. Maybe in terms of pure product, they look at Fred Hoiberg's coaching abilities and the team and and the roster they want to construct and feel like there's dissonance there. Uh, Sure. (laughs) I have no idea. There's such a bizarre team.
1: I I love the Bulls. We'll get into the Bulls and uh, the rest of the teams a little bit later. By the way, Wendell Carter Jr. is the truth. I like him. So maybe this will change things for him as well. Uh, But we've got all kinds of stuff for you on the Ringer Podcast Network. We want to say thank you for listening. Please rate and review us and all of our fantastic Ringer NBA shows and pods. We've also got great stuff up on the Ringer.com. KOC, who will be here a little later in the program, did a piece on Joel Embiid's killer MVP caliber season already pandering to the Heat Check podcast before he even comes on. I love it. Haley will also be here. She wrote a piece about J.J. Barea's old head magic. He's not that old, but I do like the piece. Uh, and DJ Foster, did you see this piece? I don't know who wrote the headline. One of the great headlines in Ringer history Jamal Murray is the troll face of the Nuggets (laughs) franchise. Fantastic stories. Check out all that stuff. And as I said, KOC and Haley will be here a little later. We're going to start off with Jason Concepcion. What we decided was we're about a quarter of the way, depending on how you want to cut this up, chop it up. We're about a quarter of the way, loosely speaking, into the NBA season. And so we decided to run through all 30 teams in the NBA. And to do that, we're going to give one thought per team. So it's going to be 30 teams, 30 thoughts. To sort of get us into the quarter mark of the NBA season. And to start that out, we're gonna bring in our guy, Jason Concepcion. Boom,
3: Chakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! All
1: right, joining me in the studio from binge mode from NBA Desktop, which has been really fantastic recently I appreciate that what is uh, your fun fancy title head of content is that right Yes. am I doing that right Uh, supreme leader of content it's excellent I want a title like that it's very good Jason Concepcion is here hello Uh, to lead us off okay so we I gave you some fun teams and we're gonna we've never done this on Heat Check before Uh, Isaac and I had talked about doing 30 thoughts on 30 teams it sounded like a fun idea Uh, so I gave you five and I'm gonna do five so you start out with your first team with one thought could be anything
0: Toronto Raptors yes I picked them to be the best team in the East in the preseason. I'm delighted to uh, see that that prediction is coming true. Nick Nurse has the worst facial hair in the (laughs) league. Does he have bad facial hair? It's just, I don't understand what it is. It's that disconnected goatee, and it's not all the way filled in, and it just doesn't make any sense. That said— This uh, has
1: to be recent, because I saw him in Los Angeles when they were here to play the Lakers, and he didn't have any.
0: Oh my God! Maybe it's maybe it's just like maybe a he's just not sort of letting it grow out. There's a lot of that going on. I'll say this: they're just like a blender on the perimeter. They just have so many guys that they can throw at you. And the scary thing about it is that Kawhi seems—I don't know—I'll I'll make up a percentage: eighty percent, seventy-five percent. Okay. And yet they just have so many bodies, so many athletic long bodies that can throw at you. And Pascal Siakam is like a budding star. Really, really, really scary team that is just firing on what other teams in the East would hope is all cylinders, but it's clearly not. They, I think so, they have another level they could
1: go through. So your thought is that they have another level, that they're better they than another, we've already seen. I think they
0: have another level because Kawhi can get better. Kawhi can play better. He's already,
1: I mean, I think your percentage is probably in that right ballpark. Yeah. Like, he's already having a good year. It's it, just been a little inconsistent.
0: The thing that has always killed them in the playoffs, right, is they're this team that comes at you so hard in the regular season, harder than other than most teams play, and that gets them to, you know, 50 or, or so wins. But then the playoffs come, and who is the guy that's going to take them over the finish line? And now they have that guy in Kawhi, and by the time, you know, they get to the playoffs, assuming Kawhi is still here, and I think he should be, right, that they have that guy, they have that star, and he's not where he should be yet, but once he gets to 93%, That's a good percentage.
1: 93 and change. Look out. Look out! I don't want. Th- I don't want that. I don't want that. I, you know, like I, I, like Toronto and I like the Raptors fans, even though they get after us. And by the way, Raptors fans are leading the podcast with the Raptors, so you should be excited about that. Uh, I don't want them to be any better because I'd prefer that the Sixers uh, be the better team in the East. I've got the Sixers. That, that's one of my five teams that I'll go through with you. Tell me. I had a couple of different things that I wanted to go through, but since it's only one thought here, like I was initially going to get into faults, I was going to talk about how Jimmy Butler has been integrated. Jimmy James wonderfully. Koc wrote a piece about how Joel Embiid has had. An MVP season. I was going to do all those things. Animal right now. Instead, I'm going to do JJ Redick for my one thought. JJ, can you maybe share the wealth? Because <laughs> JJ, so what happened was after they they beat the Memphis Grizzlies uh, last night. We're recording this on a Monday. They they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, and in his post game press conference, he was asked about Jimmy Butler. And he did the ringer proud by saying, like, hey, if you want to hear me talk more about Jimmy Butler, tune into the J.J. Reddick podcast later in the week. Fucking fantastic. However, here's my thing. He's obviously aiming for another employee of the month award. He's already got a couple of them, right? Unbelievable. A ton of them. I'm saying share the wealth. He's handsome. He's rich. Unbelievable. He's got a fantastic family. He's a great NBA player. I'm saying like maybe Jason Concepcion could be employee of the month. Maybe Isaac Lee ben could Lowe be employee of the me. month. Vince Carter, new podcaster Vince
0: Carter could be. Vince Carter hasn't even been here a month. He needs to be here a month. May, he'll be here a month and then he'll get it. But <laughs> okay, JJ yeah. doesn't. He's got it in a
1: stranglehold. I'm saying pass the ball a little bit.
0: I like it. That's a great, great take. He's great. Uh, my next team is yeah, the like Pistons. Anyone. Dwayne Casey is good. That's it. Dwayne Casey is a good coach. And when have we ever seen a, is he? a parting of the ways in this way? I mean, he's good. Yeah. He's a solid coach. I, I and, like him fine. Well, he's very good for what for what the Pistons have been okay, doing fair, over the, fair, over fair, the, fair, over the fair, course fair. of the last few seasons. And it's just, you rarely see a parting of the ways work out for both parties in such a way. Mm-hmm. And it really appears to have the Raptors, of course, just mentioned, are absolutely cruising. And uh, Dwayne Casey has the Pistons looking like a surprisingly potent team. Yeah, getting good minutes out of Drummond. Blake is reminding everybody that he was once a top five MVP candidate. And they're playing well.
1: Blake looks great. The team looks good. They're in fourth place as we record this solidly in the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. Ahead of the Indiana Pacers, just behind the Philadelphia well, 76ers. Who else are they ahead of? They're ahead of the Pacers, the Celtics. Ah. Oh! They're
0: ahead of the oh! Celtics.
1: I thought they were the deepest team in the NBA. What happened to the Celtics? They're playing better. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, the three, wait, look, three wins on a trot. No, yeah. no, be careful. I know. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want I don't want to <laughs> poke them too much. Uh, the Hornets, the Magic. I mean, yeah, the Pistons. I wonder though. Like this is obviously for the Pistons, super super dependent on yes. Blake being healthy and yes. and like shooting the three and Which like is, being good. Right now, all things are great for Blake. Like, I, I just, like, I I watch him through my fingers, right? I put my hands over my, my face and I watch him through my fingers because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop with him. It always does.
0: Yeah, that is that is the thing. But, you know, there's just less trouble you can get into in Detroit. I'm just making stuff up now. Sure. I guess, like, he broke his hand it's in cold Toronto. There. Who goes out? Which is also a cold city. Oh, yeah, he did that. <laughs> so that was in Toronto. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but that guy's uh, gone now. Yeah, he's, he's gone. <laughs> as long as he doesn't see that guy's face, I right. mean, he's gonna be his hand's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, what's my next team? I got the Bucs. I got sure. the Bucs. Uh, the Bucs are very good, but here's my thought. This holiday season, if you're going to have just one nutcracker, Ooh. make it Giannis Antetokounmpo, oh my who gosh. threatened to punch your boy. That was unfortunate. Mario Hazonia in the nuts next time he sees him.
0: I'm here for this. The most impactful two points scored ever. It was amazing. <laughs> Mario Lazonia <laughs> stepped through, dunk on uh, Giannis, and dunked on him so hard that Giannis fell down and then apparently uh, threatened, very angry. threatened Mario with violence the next time to, should that happen. To his area. To his, he wants, to an area, going to punch him right in the nuts, he said. Can I get a—Adam Silver, where is—no uh, fine? Does he get a fine for yeah, that? Nothing? Uh, you could just threaten violence on the manly parts <laughs> of players in the NBA now, and that's just fine? It's fine. Nothing happens? I, Adam Silver?
1: I think it's amazing. I love Mario Hazonia feeling himself a little bit and being in New (laughs) York. Like I love, I've always loved Mario Hazonia from the moment where he said, let Messi come see me. That was unbelievable.
0: And and now he's really like, he's just out there doing shit in New York. I want it. I mean, listen, two again, two points, and he's talking his shit. Mm -hmm. Mario Hazonia, I should mention, is very is bad. (laughs) He's terrible. But I really enjoyed this from him yeah. and uh you know shouts to him for just having that kind of swag to just brag on literally two points. And His I, only two points of the game. They were
1: great two points. And and again, and that's why I brought it up. Shouts to Giannis for getting a little spicy. I like it. Oh, we don't we don't generally get this out of Giannis. I want more from Giannis on that front.
0: Let's see. My team, Indiana Pacers. You got the Pacers. 13 and 10, about where we thought they'd be. They lost to Sack. Last game, the surprising Sacramento Kings. Sabonis, I think, is really the thing that's Has been is, is better. Popped, really better than Miles guys. Turner. Been, he's been it, a guy. Really for me. And Miles Turner, quite disappointing. But Sabonis is just the opposite. A, an impact guy. Every time he's in, I don't know when the last time I've seen him miss a shot is. I don't, you know, it's like, I, I watch the Pacers sporadically. But when I turn it on, it's like, oh, Sabonis is six for seven again? Super efficient. Five for six again? Like, what is going on? And this is all, you know, without Oladipo really being able to contribute more than uh, drinking a gallon of water on the bench. But can
1: we take a quick pause here for an Oladipo aside? Sure. He's busy. He's in the studio. He just pumped out his first album vo i can't believe that Did that's you listen his first, you must I have listened i will to it. just say
0: this i can't believe that's his first album i guess he's just been dropping singles before this
1: did you listen to it i haven't listened to it i listened to the whole thing <laughs> Wait. There, i listened to the whole thing What's the best track on it it's fucking amazing right. there's a lot of talk about love you know exploring love he's got a track called just in you and funny thing about love and he also talks a lot about sex there's a song called just,
0: What is Just In You about? <laughs> is yeah, that about sex?
1: There, there, a lot of them are. Lights on. He uh, promises to, and apologies here. This is if you've got kids in the car, take them out of the car. Uh, he promises to make it rain on that pussy. But my fan, there's another song called Forward where he talks about, baby, like a midnight limousine. I could fuck you all night long. I don't know what that means, but it's just like eight tracks of him singing a lot about sex and love.
0: You know, there's not a lot of people doing this. This is a space that needs to be mined for content. And I'm, I'm glad that VO, Victor Oladipo, is doing this. I'm
1: excited about it. I am, I am long been an avid aficionado of NBA players turned rappers, musicians, singers. So, like, from, like, Allen Iverson when he wanted to be Jules to Shaq, oh God. right?
0: Like, you got Dame Dalla. Here's Here's VO. Right. On Justin You. This is from uh, Billboard.com's interview with Victor, where he talks about, he breaks down every song on his album. Yeah. I think Justin You is more f- so for the ladies because I feel like they can relate to it. It's really just telling them that we're really into you when we're in a relationship. In order for me to love you, you have to teach me how to.
1: I gotta say, my interpretation of his songs was slightly different, but <laughs> I think, I think, I think <laughs> it's not. It is super X-rated that that album.
0: I'll just say that Justin, you seems quite direct. He like, There's not a metaphor there.
1: No, right? no, there is very explicit content in this album.
0: Well, uh, shouts to Victor Oladipo. Shouts to Victor uh, Oladipo. Hope to see you impacting the uh, Justin the court. <laughs> <soon>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's really fantastic. You gotta listen to it. It's perfect okay, for desktop. Uh I've got Hornets. I've got a question for my thought. Yeah. Can Kemba be the best player on a playoff contender? Because he's having a killer season, and I just wonder if he's good enough to elevate an entire team. Cause so far we don't have any evidence of that. On
0: a playoff contender? You mean a team that is solidly in the playoffs, like like say a four or five, but not like an Eastern Conference? Yeah, like
1: like in the same way that the Pistons are buoyed this year by Blake. Yeah, I think or that Oladipo elevated the Pacers. Right now, you've got the Hornets. They're a game under five hundred, but they would be in the playoff mix.
0: But is Kemba good enough to really elevate them? I think so, but it's an issue of team construction at that point. You know, I think about Dan Devine's article about the Clippers recently, where he just pointed out they don't have a bad guy. If Kemba was the best guy on a team of players who were just all not bad. If he was the Tobias Harris on the Clippers, yes. yeah. He would surely be the best player on a playoff contender. I think every time I watch him, I'm like, man, I wish he had a good teammate. I wish he had good teammates. I just I, wish that it wasn't, you know, like Kaminsky and stuff that he was throwing them.
1: Like I like, want to see them play Bridges more. Yeah. They they it had, just looks like at a- the beginning of the year they thought it looked like they were going to play Monk. Yeah, and then he's fallen completely out of the rotation. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They've got like Frank Kaminsky and like one of the twelve Zellers. There's <laughs> yeah, some the, the, like, the Zellers and the Plumleys like keep multiplying. They're like Magua. You can't feed them after midnight. Uh, but <laughs> like, a thank you, I appreciate. It. But the rest of the team, I'm like, uh, like
0: Nick Batum. Yeah, I, mean, I used to love Nick Batum, and he's not did. really a thing anymore. Nick Batum is a prime example of what happens when you when you earn yourself a a defensive reputation. A defensive reputation is great because it just never fades away. Yeah. It never goes away. When you are unable to score anymore, you get maybe a season and a half of everybody uh, giving you a pass, being like, oh, he's, he'll, you know, it's the slump, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when you can't defend anymore, that just goes for years. Yeah. People to the end of Kobe's career were still (laughs) saying that he was one of the best defensive players in the year. In the league. And I think that's the case with Batum. He was he was such a versatile player for him. so long. And now it's gone, but there's still that kind of cachet, and especially because he's in a small market where people don't really get to see him on a daily basis. He's still able to carry that reputation of, oh, Nick Batum, that yeah. very versatile, good player.
1: I would like to see the Nick Batum from Portland with Kemba. I would like to great. see, you know— Bridges play more and and play well. And like, yeah, surrounding Kemba with guys that we could get a real sense of, okay, this is what he could actually do. Because so far we haven't seen it.
0: And it's great. And also, we just don't have a lot of players like him in the league. You know, there used to be a lot of kind of these combo score first perimeter guys Mm. who did it on the drive. And now it's really Kemba, Kyrie, and…
1: yeah. Like, who are your creators? Who are, who are
0: your creators? Who are your, I'm going to take it all on myself, little guys? You don't see those anymore. And he's he's really a throwback player and really, really fun to watch. He's also like a lot better than I thought he would be coming out of
1: college. Yeah, for sure. You know? I liked him in college. I didn't think it would translate. I thought he was too small yeah. and like it wouldn't work out. And it's worked out great. Uh,
0: all right, your next team. New Jersey Nets. Excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah,
1: I gave you both New York teams. <laughs> Listen,
0: I'm. I'll say this. It's annoying to me that the Nets seem to be putting it together. And what?
1: <laughs> do you do you care though? Like I know that you're supposed I don't to care, care, but like, do you actually I care? Don't you don't care. care. I've gone
0: to Nets games. They have good food in the concessions. It's a beautiful <laughs> arena. It is great. I like the way that the light comes yeah, in from the, the one light, end. The um the acoustics are the great. the acoustics are great. Wonderful place. Easy to Par- get to. Easy to get to. Parking, terrible. Right, but public transport. Public transport is there. There's a Target there. Yeah. You know, there's a mall right across the street. All that is great. When you say they're putting it together, what are they putting together? They lost six in a row. I know, but they have, you know, laverde is a good player mm-hmm. who- Like him. Very happy to see that the injury that we all watched is not as serious yes. as we initially yes. thought it was. For sure. Um, which is great, especially for a guy who's had- such a history with injuries and was really really going to another level as as a player in the league. Jared Allen, great piece. Yeah. Jared Allen who quickly becoming like a personal favorite. There's a profile of him recently by Kelly Whiteson in the New York Times about how he just loves math. He's yeah, I saw this. Yeah. He's like going to schools and giving the kids calculators and then taking them out to uh, stores and be like, "Okay, buy $100 worth of groceries and budget it." And t- Tell me what you can get for a hundred dollars. What's like the most balanced kind of good stuff that you can get for a hundred? Just seems like a really cool guy. Shades of Andrew Bynum and the way he talked about like putting together computers and stuff. Yeah, but hopefully without the the fragility that <laughs> Bynum also had. <laughs> I,
1: I, Andrew Bynum, remember uh, at the beginning of the season when he was supposedly working on a comeback? <laughs> was, what happened to Bynum? We
0: need to get somebody into the Bynum camp. Um, like yesterday. He's out there bowling, putting, bowling put, salsa dancing. Putting the latest graphics card in his top of the line Alienware PC so he can play video games. Do
1: you remember after he got bounced out of the league where he just showed up at a Cavs game and he was drinking a tall boy?
0: Drinking a Do tall you, boy and wearing like moccasins and yeah, showing his ankles that were extremely ashy. It was not great. If I may be so bold. Yes.
1: Andrew Bynum come on NBA
0: Desktop. Please. Let's talk about video games. Let's what do this. What are you playing? I, gotta, I, I want this. Your, what's in your Steam folder? I need to
1: see him on desktop. Anyway, that has Jerry to happen. Anyway,
0: Allen is really fun. The Nets are fun, even though they're Same losing. record as the
1: Knicks, which we'll get to in a second. That's fine. Uh, I've got the magic. This is going to be number one in my three-part Mea Culpa tour at the beginning of the NBA season. <laughs> at the back end of Heat Check, we did something called NBA Sad Face. Yeah. And that was with Kevin Clark and Riley McAtee and our own Isaac Lee, where it was basically like... They're three favorite franchises, the Kings, the Magic, yeah. and the Clippers have been historically sad-facey. The Magic, less sad-facey this year. Kevin Clark, very excited. He tweeted out, and I, and I clipped it off, and I saved it, that he was excited for the Magic to make the playoffs this season. They're right there. They're the number eight They're team in the Eastern Conference. It. Nikola Vucevic has been excellent. They still don't have a point guard. I don't, Terrence I don't know. Ross I, I, has like, been
0: resurrected. Yeah. I have no idea how it's working, but it is. It's well, fine. I'm glad you pointed that out, because you just feel like at some point, this will come to earth.
1: Right? Remember it last must, year when they were to. they started off super hot because yeah. they were
0: shooting the lights out? Yeah, this can't continue, right? Yeah. Terrence Ross cannot continue to be... Instant offense. Instant offense from everywhere. And they can't continue to be doing this with like a uh, point guard by committee yeah. thing going on. It just can't continue to happen.
1: Nick, here's the other thing I was thinking Fusevich. about. Vucevic! Vucevic is a killer, and it's just... Uh, I can't decide if it's good or bad for the organization because on one hand, if you're the Magic, you to—you probably want to make the playoffs because you haven't done that in a while and like show that you're relevant nice, and whatnot. Right? However, Vucevic being good this year and getting them just above the playoff line has a counteracting element to it, which is that it keeps Mobamba from actually playing significant minutes and mm. developing. Mm. So like, he's just good enough to make them just good enough to kind of stunt the growth of the guys you want to grow.
0: It's a problem that all teams who are trying to develop young players have, much like my New York Knicks. You're next, your last team. I just want to say this for all the haters out there who are trying to undermine the Knicks' nascent player development year. It's a player <laughs> development year. <laughs> okay. And now all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, guess what? 19 year olds kind of suck a little bit, 20 year old players uh, kind of don't know what to do. That's right. They don't know what to do. They need to learn how to play. So let them learn. Also, for all the people out there, oh, the Knicks are extremely disappointed in Frank Nilekina, but also the Phoenix Suns and the Brooklyn Nets are interested in him. You can't on the one hand go, this guy sucks. The Knicks are super disappointed in him. But also, all these other teams on the upswing are interested in acquiring this player. Do you not see the disconnect? I'm not saying that it's good when Frank DeLaquita puts up bagels and then gets a DNP CD. That's unfortunate. But this is what happens. It's the growing pains and you just have to let it happen. Malik Monk is out here shitting on the ground and nobody talks about him.
1: Nobody. This is a Joe House-level rant. <laughs> like an all-timer for this season. That's a 1-1A one and one a on Heat Check so That's far it. this season. That's all um, I have to say. I have questions. Let them develop. I have questions sure. about the development. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not find the rotations curious? Sure. Like, what's Fizz doing? Because he goes, and he goes, okay, you've got Frankie, right? Franklin, you got yeah. Franklin Smokes, your guy, Franklin Smokes. I'm calling Smokes. him
0: Franklin, full name, because he's playing Burley at the moment. I like I like Frankie. Has not looked good this year.
1: No. Instead, you're rotating it at Emmanuel Mutier who's getting a lot of time. Okay, and then at the beginning of the year, it was Mitchell Robinson's going to go to the G League. Then it was, oh, wait, we really like Mitchell Robinson. He's going to start. And then it was, oh, no, never mind. We're going to bring him off the bench and not play him like his game log. Yeah. Last couple of games, 20 minutes, 17 minutes, 17 minutes, 13 minutes, 9 minutes— Explain these rotations to me.
0: Well, Mitchell Robinson, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's a foul lord and yeah. that he'll foul you coming into the arena. He'll <laughs> foul anyone. Yeah. Um, the rest Which of Which I it, love about him. You know, the rest of it is like it, they've got a guard glut. They've got one. a
1: trailer, they're just running out there shooting up shots. They've like got a
0: lot of players uh, on the perimeter. Dotson, who racked up DNP CDs and then came in and had a good game uh, last game. Moutier, (laughs) your your man Moutier? No, let me just say one thing about Moutier. A lot of Knicks fans saying uh, the Knicks can't tank correctly. What the hell, Moutier? Watch that game that they played this weekend and watch his shots. A lot of them are circus numbers and they're just going in. That's just a thing that happens sometimes. Emmanuel Moutier. You
1: expect regression.
0: (laughs) I expect (laughs) regression from Emmanuel Moutier. He was just driving into two dudes and throwing up the ball and it just kind of like went off the backboard and would roll in. And that happened like three or four times. That's just the thing that happens. The rotations are weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're tanking or what we're doing, but... Twas ever thus. Twas ever thus. I, I will say that uh, when Fitz came out in the wake of the various reports saying that the Knicks were unhappy with the development of of Kevin Knox and Frank Nelkina, Fitz came out and really... Heartily defended his guys, noting how young they are, noting that it's a developmental year and that they're going to, you know, that they, both of them are dedicated to coming out and, and proving their doubters yeah. wrong. And I thought that was the right thing to do. I have some qualms about the rotations, but I think overall, I can't complain that much. I, I would like Frank to play better, and hopefully, this spurs him on to play better.
1: Look, the Knicks have some interesting pieces that they can maneuver sure. around. I think like maybe these rotations are designed to make them worse than they've played because, like you said, Moutier so. is like, throwing up these crazy shots that are going in. All I'm saying is you don't have poor Zingas. This should be a full-on tank. I agree. There's no way that they should be in the
0: Heat-Wizards-Nets mix. They should be down much lower with the Bulls and the Cavs I agree with you. Here's another problem with tanking. Nobody wants to come out and say it. Nobody around the team can come out and say, oh, we're developing our young. Just say, use a euphemism mm-hmm. where we're trusting yet. Like, you know, look at what Hinky did with the and the Sixers. We have a process and we're trusting the process, and it's that's a euphemism for we're gonna tank. Just come out with a euphemism, whatever euphemism you're gonna do, and just do it. But the issue is, New York media especially, they even knowing that tanking is a legitimate tactic in the league in order to obtain a high draft pick and stock your uh, roster with hopefully good players on the cheap. Even understanding that New York beat reporters act like Every loss is a travesty and the worst thing that's ever happened. You know, it's like, oh my, this is disgusting and it's shameful. (laughs) How can this be allowed to happen? Players playing poorly, Frank Milikina not scoring. It's like, yeah, I I wish he'd scored too, but guess what? We should be losing. Good. Lose more. Do they have any
1: pride? Yes.
0: When will wins matter again in New York City? (laughs)
1: I love that. I love that about New York because they actually care. Uh, My last team before we let you go because you have a lot of things to do. I don't think they do care. The Washington Wizards and I fucking love them for it. Here's my thought. (laughs) Ernie Grunfeld, GM for life. Just make it official. Has
0: he not been GM <laughs> Just make it
1: official. Make it like a Supreme Court appointment huh. where you are, he's going to be Ruth Bader Ginsburg the, the and he's going he to be Ernie having Grunfeld. like green juices and he's going to be doing his exercises well into his 90s and they will never get him out of there. Like John Wall... <laughs> like cursing out Scott Brooks and Bradley Beal saying that I thought that we had figured it out, but then all of a sudden we've regressed lately and you know, all the stuff that's going on with Dwight. Now Dwight's probably out for a while and this team, like they've got three guys who should make them good just by virtue of them being on the court together and Otto Porter, John Wall and Bradley Beal. And they are not. And guess what? Like, Ernie Grunfeld saying that he he's going to move everybody. What has he done? What has he done? This. What like has he ever he's done? A, he's given a lot of money to players who hate each other. Like, he, that John Wall contract, where he's supposed to get $46 oh million and that change is, in
0: the last year. That
1: is unbelievable. That, it has a 15% the trade, trade kicker. kicker.
0: The trade kicker. So, this this, this was amazing. on ESPN recently. Bobby Marks yeah. uh, wrote a story about this. The trade kicker, I actually sat back and like was like, whoa. I mean, that's like something you read from like some kind of illicit stock swindle or something. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem real. Yeah, fifteen percent trade it's kicker, on forty plus million dollars. It's
1: an amazing. They'll never get rid of John Wall. Nobody <laughs> will ever take that contract.
0: That's like you can't. You literally can't move him. So Ernie Grunfeld, unbelievable. I know
1: that uh, House and probably Sharp. Shouts to Andrew Sharp and all of our Wizards friends probably want him gone. I want him there forever. It's so much fun and I'm really enjoying this.
0: They've never won 50 games. No. The Wizards had, have never won 50 games you know in that, Ernie
1: Grunfeld's tenure as GM. Oh, it goes back beyond that. You know, it's been 40 years. 40 years since they've won 50 games. It's
0: unbelievable.
1: It's incredible. Ernie Grunfeld. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like uh in, I think he has compromise. I think like he has in, a
0: P-tape. I think he had his, a Leonosis P-tape. He's shooting the moon. Let's like in hearts. <laughs> yeah, you
1: can't a, do this. It's the opposite. It's, it's like if you tried to do it, you couldn't do it. And he's doing it, and and bless Ernie Grunfeld. Uh, that's our first 10 teams. You should listen to him on binge mode. You should watch him on NBA desktop. What else? Anything else you want to promote?
0: TheRinger.com. It's a great website. It's an excellent
1: website. You can read him there as well. as Jason Concepcio and you killed it. Yeah. All right. That was Jason. We love when he's on the program. He's always excellent. Before we get to KOC, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's Heat Check is brought to you by Zoom. Video conferencing has changed the way we do business. Fewer long-distance trips and more FaceTime at the click of a mouse. And in 2018, the clear winner is Zoom. Zoom delivers flawless video, pin drop, clear audio, and instant sharing across any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, mobile. Share anything with anyone, a Word file, a spreadsheet, a presentation deck. Zoom is everything you always wanted video communication to be with some amazing features you didn't think of but you'll wonder how you live without them. Visit zoom.us to set up your free account today. That's zoom.us. Meet happy with Zoom video communications. And now back to Heat Check. All right, joining me in the studio from the mismatch from Corner 3 from ringer.com yeah. staff writer extraordinaire Kevin O'Connor. You haven't been on Heat Check in a while. It's been too long. It's been a minute,
4: gone. That's because it's you do like 47
1: time. other NBA podcasts. I think am, you're on... Am, uh, am I banned from this show too? <laughs> no, well, you, you would never be banned from Heat Check. You are still, I believe, banned from the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Shouts to Ricky. Heard never heard of it. Uh, we're going to continue our 30 thoughts on 30 teams. You go first with your first team. Well, first up, I have on
4: my list here is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, Boston who Celtics. not that good, but lately better. Much better lately, especially on Saturday night. Gordon Hayward. Gordon His Hayward. Best game of the season. He had 30 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. And 30 points are nice. Right? Cool. He looked good. But a lot of them were just spot-up jumpers. He attacked Andrew Wiggins once, who was totally out of positions. What was most impressive <laughs> on Saturday and all season has been his playmaking. Like, he makes some seriously high degree of difficulty passes, cross-court passes when he's off-balance, falling away, and they're just darts right on target. And watching him get progressively better over the course of the season, especially Saturday night, you're starting to see where his playmaking is going to make the world of difference for that team come playoff time if his scoring keeps getting better by that point because he alleviates pressure off Kyrie and he's better than Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier at playmaking. He's already the best passer on the team right now. He came off the bench in that one, right? Yep. Six man in the year. if So he keeps how, <laughs> how do
1: you feel about that? Like, do you think that that's a better look for them uh, where you're, it's like, all right, he didn't look good at the beginning of the year and they were sort of forcing him into that lineup and he was trying to obviously mm-hmm. it's going to take some time for him to knock off the rust from the injury to feel good about yeah. himself yeah, it looked like he was still hesitant in terms of like being able to take contact and really going full speed like we used to see with Gordon Hayward so now I think like playing him with that second unit might alleviate some of those
4: problems for sure I, I think it makes sense it just makes sense for this team to have the Marcuses, Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart in the starting five they the got year. that dog in him. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that changes at some point during the year, but I think staggering Kyrie and Gordon Hayward just makes sense logically. And I think it doesn't really matter who starts as much. I mean, Brad Stevens has talked about that before. but That's who you're closing with, yeah. right? Who's your main five? For sure. At this point, and I, I sometimes wish, Gons, that like when we talked about NBA, we talked about finishers. Like, who are the guys you fi- want to want right. finish games? Yeah. More so than starters, because starting doesn't matter. Right, right. Marco Fultz started this year. He did. He doesn't start <laughs> sorry, anymore. Yes. Busy, we, we already did the Sixers. Sorry, sorry, sorry to bring that to, up. Right. Uh, rub salt in it the wound. It just doesn't matter. It's about finishing. Uh, That's what matters most.
1: I liked it better when the Celtics were bad and confused, and I hope that they revert to form, but uh, Brad Stevens probably <laughs> going to figure it out. Uh, my, all right. My first team is the Bulls. Bulls.
4: They Look fired at that. their the, coach today. The Bulls fired oh my their God. coach.
1: I'm going to do a continuation of what we had at the top of the show. Why? Shoulder shrug? Question mark? Like, if they're trying to lose and tank, they're doing, already doing a pretty good job of it, right? I mean, like, they're five and nineteen as we record this. They've got as many losses as anybody in the league. Same number of losses as the Phoenix Suns. Fred Horberg was hmm. doing a fine job of tanking, I think. And what I said <laughs> Maybe to Isaac, could be better. "Well, <laughs> that's something I'm going to
4: say later for well, another team." <laughs> uh, well, I said uh, to Isaac that I think that they think that they should be better. Which, why? Yeah. I texted a couple of executives this morning, like, why? What's the timing here? Right. And the common response from a couple of them was this well, with Larry Marketing coming back, Marketing back, done back eventually. Portis got hurt, they had some guys out. Well, maybe with Lowry back, maybe they start winning a couple of games, and then it's harder to fire the coach then if that's something you want to do anyway. So do it now before Lowry gets back into, you know, 90% of what he was last year, then eventually 100%, then hopefully better than he was last year. Then maybe you start winning games, and then development is obvious because development has occurred for some of the young players, including Lowry last year. Yeah. Wendell Carter this year. I love Wendell Carter. I mean, like, they have a lot of solid ish reserves. You know, reserve quality players on their team. Then I don't think so, Horberg's a bad coach. So what you're saying, what I'm hearing you
1: say from talking to executives, is that you you want to do it now so that you don't get prevented from doing it later, which indicates to yeah. in me that they wanted him to go. They did. But if so, yeah. if they wanted him
4: to go, like I think I don't that, know why are you why'd you even bring him back this year? I don't know. I don't understand that. Strange really, time. I really don't. It's very odd timing, and I think Horberg in the right situation could be a good coach. All right, your next one. Next up, the Miami Heat there's one thing that sticks in my mind when I watch this team and it's just this Winslow. And the reason love why... Him. I- used to love him not anymore and that's You're part, out. that's part of the that's ah, part of the conversation breaking here. news here like winslow shoots 46.3% in the restricted area 29% from mid-range 32.7% from 3 he's these are, scoring these are bad numbers he's scoring 0.69 points per possession in the half court according to synergy and that's not nice it's gross it's a very gross <laughs> filthy 0.69 in not fact, not the good kind yeah, of filthy yeah. <laughs> not the cool yeah, kind it's worse than frank nilakina worse than draymond green worse than josh saxon worse than markel Fultz, Worse than Super Mario Hizonia. Yeah. Winslow stinks tell, on offense. And tell like, me that you're out on him now. Well, I, I, here's the thing, right? When I watch him play, I'm thinking about how much I loved him pre-draft. I had him ranked second for some time in the pre-draft process. Yeah. I think about how the Celtics offered four first-round picks to the Hornets yep. to take Winslow at the ninth pick, and Michael Jordan said no because no, had to Frank, get Frank, Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. And I think about how different the league would be if that trade were accepted, right? Yeah. You would have a situation where the Celtics draft Winslow, the Hornets lose out on Frank the Tank, oh no. Right, but they have but, all those picks. Yes, and they have all those picks. And then maybe the Heat draft, like Devin Booker or something like that. Just to think about how one decision could have changed everything in the league. And I think about that every time I watch Justice Winslow just fail on offense and do pretty good on defense, though. Are you out, though? <laughs> I'm pinning you down. Yeah, I'm out on, him out on offense. On offense, I'm out. Defense, he's still solid, and his passing is pretty solid, too. But his offense is really bad, dude. It's really, really Really bad. I like that you were whispering about
1: it. I also like that you broke that news on heat check and not the mismatch. Because that's where you come to break news. You come to heat check. You do the other shit on whatever <laughs> that's on the mismatch. You come to break news here. Uh, my next one is, who do I have here? I've got the Cavs. Okay, uh, I like that. I don't have a lot of, th- sure. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lot of thoughts on the Cavs beyond I like the this. Calves. I want to say congrats to Kyle Corver on his prison break. Getting out of there and going to Utah. Much better spot for Kyle Korver. 37 years old. You do not need to be on a rebuilding bad Cavs team that already fired their head coach and is going nowhere fast. Mm. Good for him on getting out. I'm happy for Kyle Korver. He's a good dude. He's a way underrated player for his career. He's had an excellent career. And (laughs) actually, like, he's perfect for the Jazz. So I'm glad for him that he's 14th-ranked team in the West, the Utah Jazz. Isn't that amazing? It's crazy. It's crazy. But I'm happy that he went out there. So that's yeah. that's my Cavs thought. Uh, your next team, we're going to finish off the Eastern Conference yeah.
4: with your last team. The Atlanta Hawks. Their offense ranks last. Their defense ranks 19th. Their team sucks. Yeah. They're horrible. Yes, this is true. And that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing, right? But they got to be worse, right? Because wins are losses for this team, and losses are wins. And then when they're I thought, already pretty bad. They're really bad, but they can be worse. And see, here, here's why, guys. Here's okay, tell me. I, when I watch these bad teams, you know, like you mentioned, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Chicago, Atlanta, I'm looking at the draft odds, and sure, this year with the flattened odds, the three worst teams have a 15% odds at the number one pick. But having the worst pick is still an advantage. Because if yeah. you have the first pick, the worst you can pick is fifth. If you have the third worst record, you can, the worst you can pick is seventh. So there's still an advantage to being the worst team in the league. Just because yeah. the odds are 14% doesn't change the fact that being the worst is still better for that situation. So in that Hawks, Bulls, Cavs, Suns convo. They're all all on pace to win below 20 games. But well, I'm saying, races like, on. <laughs> but where do you
1: think the Hawks fall in that like race to the um, bottom? Although the Bulls have evidently have designs on being good. I who knows? Phoenix is in the toughest
4: conference, mm-hmm. of course, right? So I think that makes them the worst, but they also have the best player on those four teams, yes. right? Right, you know, with Devin Booker and you know, depending on what happens with Kevin Love, but in the Eastern Conference, at least. Boy, oh my God, all three of those teams are horrible, aren't they? Bad. Who's the worst of those three? I don't think Chicago because of Lowry, Mark. And... I think Chicago has some talent. Yeah, they do. I, I, really, I think that it's the Cavs and the Hawks. Yeah. The Cavs and the Hawks but are between really Between them, I think Cleveland's probably a, a little bit worse, but that's why Atlanta's going to try being worse just a little bit harder. Try a little, a little bit, bit ha- harder. harder. And in yeah. the interim, while we're waiting to
1: find out whether or not they're going to be uh, bad or much worse, as KOC advocates, want to remind everybody <laughs> to listen to the newest podcast Winging it with Uh, Vince Carter and (laughs) Ken Bazemore right here on the Ringer Podcasting Network. We're we're expanding our podcast empire. The
4: first episode came out today. Drop today. Make sure to listen to it after you listen to this.
1: All right. That cleans up everybody in the Eastern Conference. We're going to move to the Western Conference. I've got the Denver Nuggets to start. Here we go. And KOC, like, they're just good. They're real, like mm. they don't have Will Barton right now, and I think like when they add him back in, and people sleep on Will Barton, but he's like he's another piece that they're going to add into this. They're in a
4: deep sleep they're, for Will Barton. Yeah, I yeah. mean
1: like they have they have a team right now in the same way, and we'll get to the Clippers. Isaac, just wait a minute. Uh, they have a team where I look <laughs> at them and I go like they're just a professional, good quality basketball team. They've obviously got a killer and Nikola Jokic. Who you know defensively he has his lapses, mm. but offensively is just a virtuoso as a passer. Is oh, one of the greatest big passing big men. And I just look at them and I go, ever they maybe, are ever. legit. I expect them at the end of the year to be in that one,
4: two, three top tier of the Western Conference. You know the funny thing is with Jokic. It's his three-point shot isn't falling right no, now. No, it's either. not. He, I mean, even he can be better. You know, already this season, he's obviously passing the hell out of the ball and yeah. he rebounds like a maniac. But he's shooting only 31.6% from three. And, you know, that's closer to his numbers in his rookie year and sophomore season. But last year, I thought he made a leap 39.6%. I'm curious to see if if he returns to that level from last year or if this is just who he's going to be this year. But either way, he's, a, he's amazing. Amazing. I got the Golden State Warriors guns. And with this team, it's just interesting watching their post-ups. You know, the Warriors have never ranked in the top half of the league in post-scoring uh, once during the Steve Kerr era, but they use it a lot for playmaking, and this is something I wrote about in my column last week on The Ringer, and and Ethan Sherwood-Strauss wrote about it on The Athletic, because with this team it's weird, because like, whether it's Draymond Green or Jordan Bell, and especially Kevin Durant, sometimes they throw the ball to the post, and the guy doesn't even look to score. Yeah, He's just like surveying the floor, looking for a three-point For other shooter. opportunities. Yeah, yeah it, it's really interesting, and I wonder how it said how much of that is
1: system like established system I, I because that's the system. way they play yeah. and but then also there's an, a personnel component to it too, right? Because the bigs that they have, and, I, and I'm not using Draymond as a big here, yeah. but like the other and, bigs that they have have not been good. Kevon that's Looney a good point. and Bell and those guys, like, yep. they haven't been good. They, they haven't been useful.
4: A- absolutely. I think that's certainly part of it where those guys may be actually better passers and scorers, and I think a lot of it is is just the nature of the league. Uh, another team, I remember a couple of years ago, Brad Stevens talked about using Evan Turner like that, right? You right. Know, it's a source for playmaking, not a source for scoring, right? Marcus Smart is used the same way now, just in that role now Gordon Hayward as well like we talked about earlier and I wonder how when DeMarcus Cousins comes back he's a guy who over his career can pass the ball he's had good assist numbers but he's a score first guy like an aggressive score first guy and I wonder how this clash of styles works out how will Boogie adapt to this Golden State style of play where it's Pass first from the post, not score first. I think if we know anything about Boogie, it's that he's just
1: going to get along great. (laughs) He's
4: so accommodating. He's going to accommodate them, and uh,
1: it's going to be kumbaya. (laughs) They're going to have a great time. The Warriors are are already having a fantastic season chemistry-wise, and that
4: will continue. It could Uh, work really well, though, because Boogie can pass. He, he can. can pass. He's a great pass. Uh, I'm excited to see how that works out. I
1: am too, actually. Uh, all right, my next team is the Clippers. As I mentioned earlier with the Magic, mea culpa on not believing in the Clippers. But I want to see, I don't have a thought here. I want to cede the floor to the gentleman from Los Angeles, Isaac <laughs> Lee, who will give us a thought on the Clippers.
2: Hey, um, listen, they still have the best record in the West. I just want to start off the bat saying that <laughs> they still hold the best record in the West a week after they have obtained it from the Golden State Warriors. And they're tied at first with the Nuggets. Tied for second best in the whole league. Tied with the Bucks and the Nuggets right underneath the Raptors. And all I care about, honestly, though, is that they're better than the Lakers. This for is a, now. This is
1: a good season for you. I mean, however you slice it. Like, they lost to the Lucas Mavs Mavs uh, on Sunday night, which sucked. Yeah. But on the road, these things happen. That was, it's a, the that was a DeAndre
2: Jordan revenge game. Like, I, I'm not going to put too much stock into that. Uh, they have a road back-to-back tonight against the Pelicans, which is a schedule loss. So Tough one. Probably going to lose this one. Probably going to fall a little. I'm not a delusional person. Like, I don't think that this team is like the greatest team assembled in history. Like, if anything, their ceiling is the George Carl Nuggets team or maybe the Budenholzer Hawks. Like an overachieving regular season team. That's not going to do much. They don't have a star. We've talked about it a million times. Divine wrote Mm -hmm. about it. The rock solid team with no star. Corey Maggette last night, by the way. I don't know if you watched the broadcast. But Corey Maggette, who's a color commentator for the Clippers, he tried to do this thing where he was like, Tobias Harris, a star is born and try to like push him as a star. He's not a star. I love Toby.
4: He is this he's year. He's not though a star. Isaac, So far this he's season. Really... On the Ringer, we're doing a thing where it's like the top 25 players just of this season. Yeah. Like only looking at this season. So Tobias far Harris this season. Tobias Harris belongs yeah. in the top 25. Yeah, in, in numbers. numbers. for the season. No, in numbers. numbers. You
2: look at the box score, you think he's a star, right? Not if you it. watch the games, I, watch every, I think I've watched actually every single one of these games this year. I feel like Gallo has more of the star mentality. He wants the ball. He wants to score. Same with Lou. Toby's kind of a, like a very, very, very good role player who's going to stuff the stat sheet.
4: I don't know, man. Yeah. He's killing in pick and roll. He's he is, shooting the he three is. like over 40% yeah, right now. He's, he's <sighs> very
1: difficult to defend. I like him. I, so I th- and I've always thought that he was underrated. Now I think that he's getting some... Maybe that's why Isaac like looks at it through a different prism. Like If you're expecting him to be a star, now you're probably expecting too much but like yeah he's now pro- exactly what you said ko he deserves to be in that top 25 that we'll have later on in the ringer and i think he's properly rated now people are waking up to the fact that tobias
4: harris is good i think i know what isaac's trying to do he's just trying to diminish tobias <laughs> curse. value so. Reverse <laughs> curse. so maybe maybe yeah, maybe it's easier to sign him next summer when he's unrestricted free agent yeah. he's gonna get paid. i mean
2: that's actually a crucial point that you're making is that he's in a contract year. He's playing for a, a big contract. He's 25. He's going to be good for at least the next five years, which um he's going to get a good big contract out of this year. And so are a lot of these players. We only, I believe, only have like four players in the payroll next year. Um, we can like renounce Avery Bradley's contract. We we'll only better have... Better like, do that now. Yeah. We only have Lou and Trez and Gallo and By Shea. By the way, I Harold's believe. had a great season. Oh my God, mm. Trez has been incredible. He's been really good. It, it,
4: it's funny with him, like there wasn't a market for him this summer, which is why, you know, the contract was Only two years, six million per. But I wonder if your team out there, it's like, jeez, what we missed on this guy. I'd like to see
1: him. I'd like to see him be better at the free throw line because he gets the line a ton. And Mm. you know, as bigs go, he's okay. But I'd still like to see him like closer to seventy percent. Follow. Maybe he can replace DeAndre Jordan on the Mavs next year. Yeah, Yeah. there There
4: you go. Uh, All right, your last five for the Western Conference KOC the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. And this is just really a general observation that they have the number one defense in the NBA this year without Andre Robertson, their best defender, and it's because of a lot of the other guys they have. You know, Obviously, Steven Adams and Paul George, they're star players, but their depth. Jeremy Grant has been outstanding. Hamadou Diallo, a oh. rookie. A rookie second-round pick has been really good. Jeremy Grant really yeah. has been good, man. Even two-way player Deontay Barton. Even he's been pretty solid on defense. Like They have done a good job of accumulating talent in places that you don't usually find it, and it's contributing early on for them. Where are you on Schroeder? I've liked him before the season. Like, I want to pat my own back for Schroeder after I got it wrong with Mello and with Dwight Howard. Yeah, well, he's, Schroeder, he's been really Schroeder's good for them. he has been good, yeah. I mean, I think Schroeder, at one point, maybe he was a little overrated, then he became underrated. Yeah. And now he's, you know... Properly showing, rated. Yeah, he he's properly yeah. rated. He's showing what he is, and he's an inefficient scorer who sometimes lights it up. And when he tries on defense, he can be pretty solid on that end.
1: What do you make of Russ's... uh Three point shooting deficiencies so far. Is it just like he's
4: he's gonna I mean like he's heaving and they're not going in really. I mean he's shooting the way it feels like sometimes Russ haters see him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, he'll find his shot over time, but he's still never been a good shooter. He's just right now he's just been really bad. So right, really, really bad. Right
1: now they're uh, just a tick behind the nuggets and the clippers in the Western Conference, just a tick ahead of the Warriors. Where do you see them falling ultimately? You know. Mm.
4: I wonder how much they can sustain this defense over the full season, despite everything I just said, right? I mean, for Paul George right now, so much of the responsibility is on him without yeah. Robertson. And then Diallo missed some time as well. I just wonder how long they can sustain this as their schedule gets harder in the coming months. They I don't want to say they've had an easy schedule because they're in the Western Conference, but... They haven't had the most difficult schedule in the West yet. Um, I wonder how much they sustain this over the duration of the season. But their defense is still going to be top 10. Yeah, it's but, been num- really good. but it needs to be number one if their offense doesn't pick it up over the course of the year. I
1: just love the Western Conference. There's so many teams that are in the mix. We went through a bunch of them. My last one before we let you go for the Western Conference is a, a team that I've talked about quite a bit here at HeCheck, The Memphis Grizzlies. Verna! Let me say something. Here's, here's my <laughs> thought on the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm going to give you not even just a thought, I'm going to give you one word. Respect. As Mm. in, we give them respect here at Heat Check. But some other podcasts, let's say, the mismatch, (laughs) don't give them any respect at all. And I want to know what it is that's going to take the mismatch to give the Memphis Grizzlies the due that they deserve. They've been overlooked by Chris Vernon. They've been overlooked by Kevin O'Connor and their radical anti-Grizzlies agenda. I want to know why you hate the Grizzlies, why you hate freedom. Jaron Jackson, the bus. Because here in Heat Shack, we have been on them from the beginning. Isaac Lee and I were the the original adopters of the Grizzlies and of Jaron Jackson. Marcus Saul is having a career year. Triple J, baby. Mike Conley is killing it. The rest of the roster, I look at it and I go, I can't believe it believe that this is an NBA team beyond those three and yet the Memphis Grizzlies despite the fact that they just lost to the Philadelphia 76ers have been killing it this you would season. drop
4: that little nugget they did they yeah. lost to the Sixers how about Marc Gasol though at age 33 having somewhat of a bounce back year now not somewhat yeah, massive big, Yeah, big he deserves to be in that 25 that you were talking
1: about yeah, he's, he's having a, he's a killer on, season a mine, Yeah, I mean he's playing at both mm-hmm. ends of the floor and Jaron Jackson I think the more he's I special. watch him The more I think, like Luca has gotten all the publicity for the rookie class this year, and rightly so. If Luca wasn't around, if he had taken one more year and stayed in Europe, I think we'd be talking about Jaron Jackson a ton more. Cause he's doing it when he's not in foul trouble, he's a killer. Yeah. He's, um, On both ends
4: of the floor, too, right? It's very very unusual to hear a rookie defend this well. Defend the rim and shoot threes. Yeah, That's a very rare thing to find. I I mean, I'm sure over the course of time, he's the youngest player from this draft class, I believe. Still 19, Um, right? He just turned 19 in September. Uh, The following will get better over time, as it does for most big men. He's a smart kid, a hardworking kid. That should improve over time. Someone like him with the fourth pick. Even Kyle Anderson, a signing that was kind of blasted or kind of, you know, Chuckled at the summer. He had a game the other week where he just really made things hard on Kawhi Leonard the entire game. He's been pretty good for that. There, okay. They have
1: three guys who have been good and they have uh, the rest of the team where I still don't mm-hmm. understand it. I love it, but I don't understand it. where you're rounding out your starting five generally with like Garrett Temple, <laughs> right? And like you need minutes out of Brooks and these guys. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand the Grizzlies beyond their top three. But Ultimately, what it comes down to for the Grizzlies forever, and it's still true, is when Conley and Gasol are healthy and on the court, mm-hmm. they're good. Are they going to make the playoffs, you think? Yes. Right, right now, they're, I, 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 they're two up on the Pelicans. team of Heat Check, the Memphis mm. Grizzlies, lock it in. They're going to make uh, the playoffs. Okay. I want you to go back. You you got to run. You got things to do. You've got the mismatch tomorrow. I want you to go back to the mismatch tomorrow and you tell Verno yeah. to start talking about, yeah. yeah. talking about the Grizzlies. Start
4: talking about on, the Grizzlies. Start talking about the Grizzlies. He's
1: Kevin O'Connor. You could read an excellent piece that he wrote about Joel Embiid's uh, MVP caliber season Come on, on, on the ringer.com right now. What else you got coming out this week you want to play? Uh, Not sure yet, but we're going to figure that out He's soon. got stuff all the time. He's on the mismatch. <laughs> He's on Corner 3. He's Kevin O'Connor. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Guns. All right, that was KOC. He was excellent. We love him. We'll bring in uh, yet another ringer staffer we love, Haley O'Shaughnessy. Boom
3: shakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! All
1: right, joining me in the studio, repeat offender here at Heat Check staff writer, Haley O'Shaughnessy. No! You're a gamer. You came in specifically to do this podcast. We love that. Uh, We're going to round out the last 10 teams in the NBA, our 30 thoughts on 30 teams. Your first team and your first thought.
5: Okay, the first team I want to talk about is the Rockets. Hit me. Okay, I have a theory. Do you remember like a couple years ago, I think it was 2016, 17, at the beginning of the season, there was that Nets picture tweeted out from their media day, and it was like the Nets reserves. Sure. And none of you couldn't identify any of them. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel like the Rockets bench has turned into a little bit at this point. I love this take. So that's basically my one thought on them, how Scary Clark— Isaiah Hartenstein,
1: Michael Carter Williams, like that's the
5: guy we wish we didn't know.
1: Like that's well, that's true. I mean, like it's like lo- a
5: resurrection of past guys and a whole bunch of new guys.
1: I love Daryl Morey. I think he's one of the great GMs in the NBA. If he wasn't my first pick, he'd probably be my second. If I was taking a general manager to start a team with right now. And I know that he was hamstrung by, like, the salary cap and you had to pay Chris Paul in the offseason and whatnot. And, like, you got Mel well, on a dirt cheap contract. You didn't and, like, have it didn't to work pay out. Chris Paul. Well, okay, but you were going to. Sure. Like, you brought him that's in. That's the and, plan. Like, he, yeah. That's the plan. The roster is really kind of weird this year.
5: Yeah, it's not.
1: And the bench that you're mentioning right now is, like, example A.
5: Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, like, Hartenstein playing that much every single time. Like, Sean, you will be blowing up in the slack. Yeah. Like, you still can't believe it. But Shots we're this to Sean, year. And like, this is, I mean, now granted, like, Chris Paul has returned, but this is the team. Like, this is them. But I could see if any team making like a giant change before the deadline. I could see it being the Rockets.
1: I think they need a little a little boost. That would be good. Uh, all right. My first team with you is the Lakers. Here's my thought for the Lakers. They're about where I expected them to be, but my thought is is a question.
5: 5th in the Western Conference. Yeah, that's about, like, at this point, it's about what I expected. It's fine.
1: But here's my question, and it's a question I've had since the preseason, and it's a question that's lingered so far. Who's their second best player? Because Mm. I think, like,
5: It's not Brandon Ingram.
1: Well, we all expected it to be Brandon Ingram. (laughs) And I think on paper, on paper, it still should probably be Brandon Ingram, but it hasn't been in execution Brandon Ingram this year.
5: Are you asking me so I'm the one who says Kyle Kuzma and you don't say Kyle Kuzma?
1: As regularly as anybody else on the team this year, it's been Kyle Kuzma. However... He's still Kyle Kuzma. He has deficiencies.
5: Exactly. So, like, I don't look at
1: anybody. on. Like, there's been times when Lonzo's flashed as the second best player. There's been times at the beginning of the season, not so much lately, where Josh Hart looked like he could fill that role. But Brandon Ingram has very rarely looked like it. And I think that that's a major concern for them that we still don't know. Probably
5: the sloppiest hierarchy we've seen LeBron in in quite some time. Because even in Cleveland, there's always Kevin Love.
1: Right, yeah, that's a second. good point. He
5: was always second, even when he didn't play spectacularly well. He always had that.
1: That next guy.
5: You knew what he was, and especially for the guys that we were expecting a lot out of this year, Lonzo, Ingram, we don't exactly know what they are yet.
1: This is my NBA desktop spice take here. If we're going to strip the names away and the expectations away and talk about who's actually been the second best guy, it's been JaVale McGee. Like, JaVale McGee's been good this year. You're looking yes. at me like I'm a crazy person. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and I am, but he has been good for them.
5: Yeah, he has been good, but you...
1: You can't rely you, on him as anything beyond a rim you can protector. S- I don't.
5: Well, it's not even just that. No, it's not even just that. I just don't think that you can say that. It's like giving sample size awards to the guys with good stats who play like so few minutes. Granted, he is playing... Like almost mi- 25
1: minutes. It's okay. Most
5: minutes he's played in quite some time. I'm not sure. I have to check, but... You can't say, like, oh, he's been there, second best guy if he's only been playing, like, what, 25 minutes a game, 24 minutes a game?
1: But that's, yet again, it goes to my point. I mean, I think, like, if you ask LeBron this question, he would probably say Kuzma because the other night after they beat the Suns, he was saying, like, I'm always looking for Kuzma. And he'll tell you that. And I'm, okay, fine. That's good. Like, Kuzma's been... Old heads love Kuzma. Relatively good. I, You're an ageist, and we, we don't stand for that here at Heat <laughs> Check. Uh, I... <laughs> I love that he loves Kuzma. I just wonder how much he's actually going to get out of Kuzma long term. That's what I wonder.
5: That's fair. Uh, So I looked at the minutes played just to see where JaVale lines up, and he's seventh. Josh Hart plays more minutes on average. Josh Hart should play more
1: minutes. He should. Uh, All right, give me your next team.
5: My next team is the Jazz. Mm -hmm. The Jazz have the offense I thought that they were going to have at the beginning of last season. Okay. Like, they have completely— Not completely erase my memory, but it's like we just kind of like. So you didn't expect them
1: to have much.
5: I didn't think that they were going to carry over what they did last year 100%. But they are looking like exactly what I thought they were going to look like when Gordon Hayward left. Which is. Not great.
1: Yeah, not great. Your guy Don Mitchell. There's not many My guy Don Mitchell. He checks Don Mitchell. I love him.
5: Let me give you a little. Yeah, hit me, hit me, hit me. Donovan Mitchell is a career late season starter. He has slow starts. He did it in college. And it's it's across the board, but it's like mainly if you need to focus on it on shooting. I think he was especially slow last year. There was that one point, I remember that's always because Danny was editing one of my pieces and I was like shitting on Lonzo's shooting. Right. I think it was like maybe about where we are right now into the season. And he was like, yeah, but you know, Donovan's shooting worse than Lanza right now. <laughs> it's an eye-opener. Yeah, I mean, and it's always been this way for him, and he's just too hard of a worker, and, you know, he, he relies so much on, like, his physicality, which is not going to just go away. That will come, and that's why also I think that— uh, They
1: need it to, because if they I don't— I think
5: that they will be a much better team at the end of the season, but I just think that, like, the hangover expectations—
1: yeah, right now as we re- not as we record this, they're in that Pelicans, Rockets, Kings, Spurs, Wolves, Jazz. They're all b- pretty much bunched up. <laughs> Pelicans,
5: uh, Rockets, Kings, Spurs, Spurs, Wolves.
1: They're all they all have eleven wins, uh, which puts them second to last in the Western Conference ahead of the Phoenix Suns, who are just absolutely abysmal. And uh, as we expected, I think part of this is the Jazz have been on a really killer schedule lately. They've been traveling a ton. They've been on the road a ton. They've had really difficult opponents. I know that Palo wrote a piece saying that the Jazz haven't been good this year. I still am accounting for schedule and then also, as you mentioned, not shooting well. And they just incorporated Kyle Korver, who should give them some offense off the bench. And I think ultimately, Donovan Mitchell will look more like the Donovan Mitchell we saw last year when he was in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, didn't, didn't win it because he didn't deserve to win it. His Rookie of the Year was in Philadelphia. But he had a really good year.
5: So, Isaac, is this door unlocked or can I just leave just now? Just going out or? the
1: window. She's going out the window already. <laughs> uh, all right. My next team. I've got the Kings. I've got the Kings. Uh, and this is the third part of my mea culpa. I apologize for not believing in the Clippers. I apologize for not believing in the Orlando Magic. That's so
5: weird. I just did this super long apology on group chat. To the Memphis Grizzlies.
1: We love the Grizzlies. We just did a whole thing about the I was, Grizzlies. I like, actually
5: sobbing a little. It was really sincere and heartfelt. And-, I, and
1: that's what we like. You're very genuine. That's what <laughs> we like about you. I didn't believe in the Kings. I'm not sure that I I still believe in the Kings, but they're definitely better than I thought. I
5: don't but, think this has to be an apology. I don't think anyone believed in anything. I didn't think Riley knew that they were going to have this record.
1: This is my thought, though, on the Kings. I love that the Kings have a little Wizards West to them in that they're like... They're just slightly dysfunctional. The Wizards are super dysfunctional. The Kings are with the battle between Dave Yeager and Assistant General Manager Brandon Williams, who he kicked out of practice last week. He kicked out an Assistant General Manager, which generally, like, if you're trying to get fired, that's a good way to do it. And there's been rumors about whether or not the Kings front office wants to get rid of Dave Yeager, but maybe they can't because they're playing too well.
5: It's like if Sean Fantasy came in here and you were like, "Hey, I need you to get out."
1: <laughs> it would be, no. It would be it would be like Chris or Juliet right? Like one yeah. step down where I'd yeah. be like, hey, I know you're you're in the boss tier, but get out, <laughs> right? Because I'm doing a podcast. That's madness. That's madness. Yeah, but what
5: if the podcast was going really well?
1: It never does. That's There's the never any danger of that. About. There's never any danger of that happening. This is why I love the Kings. Like, yes, it's been fun to watch the Aaron Fox and their rotations are weird and
5: fun. It's fine. not even just fun. Like it would have been fun if he was this guy last year. Now it's like it's feel good. Like it's almost rewarding and rewarding might not be the right word because like I was not a fan of his last year, mm-hmm. but it's nice to see somebody who we were Could so Could be the Kentucky on, Louisville
1: I, thing. I, I don't know. I'm going to get to the bottom of that. I get over it. I get um, over it
5: pretty quickly. But
1: that's not really
5: why it's I'm big nice in that. It. It's nice to see a guy who had a really rough start now like play maybe, better. Be able to play his way and play better. Yeah,
1: and I'm happy for Riley and the whole bit, but really I just want them to keep at each other's throats because when the Kings are weird, it's so much fun. All right, your next team
5: Okay, I have the Spurs. So, like you just mentioned, did will you run through that that Western Conference glob again? It was the yes
1: at the at the back of the pack with eleven wins is Rockets, Kings, Spurs, Wolves, Jazz.
5: Okay, so out of that entire group, you know, the Spurs have a lot of their same issues as those teams. They've been sliding downward. There, you know, maybe they have offensive problems. They have a lot of injuries. I think that out of all of those, the Spurs are the least likely to make a major change. Not entirely that they won't make a trade. I'm not sure, but I mean, their play style, which has been critiqued a lot as, yeah. as a reason why they're losing, is not going to change. Pop is not suddenly going to say, let's just double these three attempts Right. that I've been resisting my entire career. I don't think that they're going to bring in some kind of reinforcements. I just I feel like, if anything, they're going to be the ones that the waiting game plays out on, and hopefully they'll have some of their injured players back. I think that DeJounte Murray being out has hurt them a lot more than anyone thought,
1: but I just wonder, like, so we've always expected Spurs exceptionalism, right? Like, they've been good forever. I mean, they've been good for like yeah, almost. Yeah, that's
5: sour. It's like in the last however many seasons, they've only been on a losing streak for like fifty-five days. Have yeah, you seen that. Stat?
1: It's it's insane. Like, but so what I wonder about the Spurs is even if they like sure, Dejounte Murray can help them. Well, no, but that's but, like, the thing is like, like now, what DeJounte are we actually Murray, expecting out I, of the Spurs? I
5: think that that's the thing. We maybe at the beginning of the season that was we fail to realize is that DeJounte Murray does have to matter to them because he is their starting point guard. They don't even have Tony Parker anymore. You know, like next up they have Patty Mills who they need to fill other roles.
1: Interestingly, they've been okay offensively. They are 10th in uh, offensive rating. Defensively, they've been less good. Uh, They are 29th in the league, which gives them an upside down point differential and negative net rating. So that's really like... Yeah, I'm with you in that their offense has been weird, and they've been trying to carve out like some sort of advantage in the margins by shooting, you know, twos and like operating that Demar Derozan, LaMarcus Aldridge mid-range game, which is strange.
5: Yeah, but also been okay offensively, defensively, they've been terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's I I just wonder
1: what we're going to get out of them.
5: And the lesson of Demar because he has been playing well. Yes, is that maybe you shouldn't try to change a player, and that was what we learned with LMA last year. You know, as, as Pop was, came in the, and he was like, I tried to change who he was as a player, and it didn't work. I don't think that those guys are changing. I think they're very set in their ways. I think this offense is going to be set in its ways. So I think if any team is going to be better, but we don't expect it down the line because there aren't any major changes, any major roster shakeups or, you know, this guy's on the bench or all of a sudden, like, we are shooting a bunch of threes, I think it's the Spurs.
1: I like it. All right, my next one is the Wolves. Here's my Wolves thought. Free Dario. <laughs> like, Tibbs, what are you doing? You made a trade. First of all, Robert Covington has looked absolutely excellent for them. And I would go Robert Covington greater than symbol Andrew Wiggins. Not just for that team, but writ large. Like, Robert yeah, Covington is underrated. He's a good two-way player. He's better than Andrew Wiggins. He's been playing better than Andrew Wiggins. I love that uh, he's Tibbs' kind of player on that front. That's fine. But the other guy in that trade, Dario Sarch, is useful. And he's barely playing. Like he's coming off the bench, he's playing 22 minutes, and that's it. Tibbs refuses to utilize him, and so I don't understand why. Like, you would free
5: my guy. Critique Tom Thibodeau's minute management.
1: It's weird. It's never been done before. <laughs> Nobody's ever critiqued Tom Thibodeau for that, and it's also weird that I would seize upon a former Philadelphia 76er and advocate <laughs> that he gets minutes. But Dario is a good player, and I thought, like, when he went there, yes, I know that Tibbs is like loath to ever use his bench, and like if he could only play five guys. It'd be like a video game where you like take off like fatigue. If he could only play five guys, he would do that forever. But you've got a guy who can like be a playmaker who can knock down outside shots. Yes, he's slow afoot, but he's like a much better creator and passer than I think people realize. And he's wasting, like he's wasting his talent. He's wasting my guy.
5: Yeah, I know. There's other players too, like Akogi is not playing as much as he should. Tyus might be a lost cause at this point for us to like be mad at that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, he does not like to utilize different talents like that because he likes to do a super short rotation and grind people down until they are injured and go to other teams and then eventually come back to him.
1: Haley O'Shaughnessy, here's his game log. In the last five games, 20 minutes, 17 minutes, 18 minutes. He got all of 25 minutes. I guess Tibbs like, didn't realize it against the Bulls. Uh, and 16 minutes. Like He's part of the reason you traded Jimmy Butler. Like, what are you doing? Right, right. I don't understand it. And also... If you want to keep them around, you might want to like put them in the game. All right, give me your next team.
5: The Blazers. Blazers are in a rough skid too. Pretty rough. Their defense looks awful. So awful. Like, so awful that I remembered last year and then I remember the season before and I was like, wait, why did I ever just so easily forget the season before? Like, their defense was they were terrible real, then. Yeah. That was like the butt of every joke I made. But they and were then- good
1: defensively last year. And yes. they've sort of they've fallen off this season. They're 21st in defensive it's rating. It's
5: really bad. Have you watched? Uh,
1: I love the Portland Trail Blazers. Really, I watch them all the time. Really they've bad. lost two in a row, and uh, they've lost uh, seven of their last 10 as we record this. And you're right. Like, Shouts to the ringer curse. Palo did a piece about how like continuity is king with the Blazers, and like just keeping their core together has made them relevant again. And then they proceeded to slip from first to now seventh in the Western <laughs> Conference. So we still got it, gang. But yeah, their defense has not been good.
5: I will say that I really like their bench still, so, and I'm not giving up on them.
1: I love Evan Turner. Anything Evan Turner related, I'm in one. Love- Do you know how much he loves Christmas? Have you seen his Instagram?
5: Now Should I follow him on Instagram?
1: Yes. You should follow him everywhere because he's hilarious. But
5: He's great on Twitter.
1: He goes crazy over the top for Christmas and like puts up trees and gets decorations and the whole bit. So I'm on board with that.
5: That's not over the top. It's like normal Christmas. No,
1: like he, he does a lot on social media. He does videos and like he's wearing hats and festive sweaters and the whole bit.
5: Right now I'm hearing like all mandatory Christmas things. So I'll have to look into this.
1: Look into it and tell me what level where he falls on the Christmas spectrum. (laughs) As a, as a Christmas uh, advocate, I think he's He's in, the upper, he's, he's in the upper percentiles. All right, my my next one here. I've got the Suns. I was really excited about this, and I'm hopeful that it will continue because Devin Booker just got hurt, and we'll see what, like how badly. But it looked like he has a hamstring injury. Before that, he had a toe injury. He's constantly like dinged up. But when he's on the floor, I have really been on board with Point Booker. Like let him run the show. Kakashkov, forget about all the ancillary guards. Just. Let it be Devin Booker because it's way more fun. Yes, he's putting up maybe you might think like empty stats or empty calories in terms of like what it's actually contributing to their win-loss total, which it's not contributing much to the wins. It's contributing quite a lot, a lot to the losses. But I love watching him
5: just cook. Just let him go out there and cook. Let me ask you this. What do you Please. think it would take for that to be a serious switch?
1: Like forever?
5: For that to be like a hardened thing.
1: I mean, it kind of is. Like, he already talked about it where he was like, this is kind of like the Harden role in this offense, right? And they should just do that. You've got Aiden in... But should
5: they do that because this is their team right now or should Devin Booker from this point forward try to run point?
1: Both. The answer for me is all of the above. I And it's not even so much as like the traditional idea of he's running point. It's just like... He's good with the ball in his hands. He's creative and he scores a shit ton. And yeah, why couldn't he be, you know, Harden Jr.? Why? Mm -hmm. Like, what's that's a fun offense. Now let's see if it could be a good
5: offense. You're right. There's a difference between running point and the ball going through your hands. Yeah, and the ball and the offense going through you. And I think that he's he. I mean, he is the offense. He's Still effective in the latter. Yeah, he is. Let him do it.
1: Let him do it. I'm on board with it. All right, your next team.
5: All right, the last one is the Pelicans. The
1: Pelicans. The
5: Pelicans need to hope and pray that the injury bug stays away the rest of the season because they cannot afford... All the, Already their huge issue or their huge critique is that they don't have enough surrounding AD and Drew. They especially don't when they're injured left and right. And like right now, like Elf, Alfred Payton...
1: Who since, would have thought that they'd need Alfred Payton back?
5: I know, which I don't think that we should do so fast to be like, oh, Alfred Payton, because he's actually like... I'm into Alfred Payton now.
1: I'm, I've never been into Alfred Payton. I love that Actually, you're into Alfred
5: Payton. I'm going to pull up a tweet from, like, I think 2015 where I was like, oh, I'm an Alfred Payton stan.
1: I love that you're on board with Alfred Payton because I've never been on board really with Alfred I really am, Payton. and
5: he's important to the Pelicans, I promise. After he left, He's they- bad Rondo, though.
1: Like, I know I know he's younger Rondo. Maybe he could pull that off, but I—, I Okay. Like, I I have my doubts about Alfred Payton when Alfred Payton was jettisoned by multiple teams.
5: I'm not saying Alfred Payton is great. Okay. I'm not even saying he's Rondo,
1: but he could be useful.
5: But he's useful. They do Have need Even people. bad Rondo is useful for this team.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's—I, I think you touched on something there that like they need more. Right? They are eight, They need more.
5: They're like a the when you go into the pantry and you need something to put on this chicken and you are looking <laughs> desperately. And you like <laughs> randomly remember that one time on Food Network that you saw like someone put maple syrup in something. You know what I mean? Like that's do Pelicans. This is a
1: very 20-something take. Uh, i watch a lot
5: of Tasty videos. Yeah, no, I'm like, what I'm saying is like the Pelicans are literally this weird collection and everything has to be there.
1: What I got out of that was that you need to go food shopping. And uh <laughs> really like, get some more stuff in, in the house. All right, last one, we're gonna round out our 30 teams with the Dallas Mavericks. We can do a whole thing here about Luca or you know, how he's playing with Dennis Smith or the the Mavs in general being in the playoff mix. We're not gonna do any of that because uh, recently here at the ringer, we did something that's exceptional, and it's uh Halleluca, half of which was created by our esteemed producer Isaac Lee. Isaac Lee, can we play the song, please?
3: I heard there was a wonder boy that many teams would not employ. But you don't really care for euros, do ya? So where would he go? The fourth, the fifth, or would he fall and be a Nick? The baffling Kings took Bagley over Luca.
1: Isaac Lee, you have the voice of an angel. It's an excellent song. Listen to the whole thing. Let it play as we go out here. I want to thank Jason Concepcion for being on the program, Kevin O'Connor, Haley O'Shaughnessy. She's got all kinds of stuff on The Ringer. You want to check that out. Uh, I want to thank Isaac Lee and his dulcet tones. That's just a beautiful singing voice. Uh, You can check out all of our NBA shows. We have Heat Check every Monday, The Mismatch on Tuesdays. Sources say on uh, alternate Wednesdays, Group Chat Thursday. Corner three on Friday. We will be back next week, gang. Isaac, play us out.
3: And he led the break. It wasn't fair. His step back three flew through the air. It fell and down. It's traded up for Luca. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.